You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian Welcome to Big Noon Sports. You got Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, Christian Miller on this gorgeous, gorgeous Friday afternoon. However, uh, I hesitate to say, but it is true. This is only going to last a few hours because uh, probably a little bit after Alabama plays San Diego State, we're going to start getting some inclement weather coming in from the west side of the state. So uh, our affiliates will be on the air and covering that as necessary and we honestly hope it isn't but uh we've got a lot of things to talk about on big noon sports today lars uh first and foremost just uh, several notes i've made here on last night's first round of sweet 16 of the you know how about uh arkansas just absolutely manhandled by the huskies and then ut wins a, a scrappy game with uh, Florida Atlantic. So first of all, let's just address the fact that Alabama is the lone soldier coming out of the SEC and they got San Diego State at 5:30 in Louisville. Yeah, uh I classify it as a disappointing effort by Arkansas. Uh I think it's safe to say that most of the country was against the Razorbacks because of the actions of their head coach and the ridiculousness of taking his shirt off. Um, and really that, that gained a lot of traction, uh, Matt. And uh, I, I know you're aware of that. And then uh, Tennessee, um, they just, they, they couldn't hit a shot in the second half. And, uh, and, and, and frankly, uh, uh, you know, just the, the way that they played in the cheap shots and uh, the, the, the football style of basketball that they were playing, I, my feeling is good riddance. Uh, and uh, <laughs> at least Alabama won't have to deal with them. But, hey, the game of the night was Gonzaga, UCLA. And that's better than the K-State. <laughs> I mean, they were both great games. I'm not button heads with you, but um, from from every aspect, I would agree with you. I mean, Drew Timmy of Gonzaga. Let's just I, I say give him the Wooden Award, give him the Naismith Award, give him every single award possible. That guy was incredible last night. 36 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, just uh, hustle play after hustle play after hustle play. And uh, just a, a fantastic effort by him. And then uh, the, the, the late three from about 30 feet uh, on, the, on a play that, uh, that the Gonzaga coach had, had drawn up during a, a, a timeout. 
just a, a, a fabulous game in, in, in back and forth. You know, UCLA had a big lead. Gonzaga comes back. Then UCLA comes back. And to me, that so that has been the game of the tournament uh, uh, so far. Um, and it will be interesting to see how much gas Gonzaga has left in the tank uh, when they play tomorrow. But, um, yeah, Matt, just your your reaction to that game late last night out on the West Coast. It was, it was a fabulous game. And now um, <laughs> now Gonzaga's got to deal with UConn, who I would argue right now is playing better than anybody in the tournament. Uh, but, you know, you can play one day, two days later. You, you play not so much. Ask Arkansas and Tennessee. They're perfect examples here. But Gonzaga and UConn, um, tomorrow, uh, I'm marking that down with a big circle because that is going to be one heck of a basketball game. It would not surprise me if these teams got <laughs> maybe they get into the 100s, but uh, fabulous basketball game. But a K State Michigan State game was uh, equally as tight. It goes to overtime, and K State ends up winning it. And our buddy Jordan down at Baumhauer's, let's give him a salute. He had K-State going to the Final Four, and who knows, they may make it. And then I will brag on myself a little bit. I had Florida Atlantic making the Elite Eight. So although uh, my bracket looks like Henry got a hold of it, which is our cat, uh, I can stand proud with the Owls because I had them going to the Elite Eight and eventually losing to Marquette. Marquette's not in it. It'll be K-State. So we'll see how that works out. But let's uh, let's go full circle here. Uh, how's Lars Anderson feel about the 5.30 tip in Louisville on TBS at Alabama and San Diego State? Well, I think um, Alabama's about a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. And I know that a lot of uh, the the early money was coming in on uh, San Diego State to to cover uh, when the line was up at about eight eight and a half. Um, so the sharps uh, poured their money in on San Diego State, but um, I, I think uh, you know Alabama. The only team that can beat Alabama in this tournament, I believe, is Alabama because if they are playing at their best, the, they can they can defeat anyone. Um, now, I don't think this is the greatest draw in the world for Alabama because, as we've discussed, um, the the Aztecs play really good defense. They defend the three. Uh, they're a senior laden team. Um, and uh, they're experienced um, and uh, got a really good coach. And, you know, it's the type of team where if they dictate the tempo, which is going to be to try to slow it down um, and try to make it a half-court game, uh, you know, Alabama, will just, they'll have to be able to, you know, execute their half-court offense and not in, in their, their buckets in transition will be limited and I know that's what San Diego State is hoping to achieve, but um, I, I, I think Alabama fans should feel pretty good um, right now uh, heading into this game about uh, the Tide's chances of advancing uh, to the next round. How about you? What are your initial thoughts on the game? I think we've seen Alabama play kind of mediocre the first two games, and they, they ended up winning by double digits in both. I think San Diego's perimeter defense is going to give Alabama some trouble I mean, they guard the three. I think they're top five in the entire nation. They're a very good, solid defensive team. But as we have seen, and even in this tournament, 
if the gas is not on from Trayland, Alabama can go inside. And, you know, Brandon Miller can drive. And I heard an interview nationally. They were talking about Alabama. And they said, actually, I believe it was Wimp. But he said, Quinterly is unguardable. And so far, when he, Lars, when he darts to the basket, he he literally is unguardable. His cat-like first-step quickness has eluded everybody on the schedule so far this year. And I think tonight, if Alabama's not hitting the trays, then it's going to be on him and Betty Ako. Uh, he'll score the basketball off the dribble in the lane. Betty Ako, he'll take a dish and dunk. And if Alabama's hitting the three, I think this is all over early. Um, if they struggle, then I, as I suggested, they'll go inside. I know that's what they'll do. And you know what? The Aztecs know that's what they're going to do. But if Wemp says Quinterly is unguardable, I believe it, and I've witnessed it. So I think Alabama will win. It's only a seven-point line. And I, I really think that if they're hitting the threes, this will be a double-digit deal uh, in the second half. And I'm not trying to take anything away from San Diego State. I'm saying what Lars is saying. Alabama is that good. And we will see, as I said, in five hours. I can't wait. Where are we watching the game, Lars? Uh, come on over. I'll, I'll have my, uh, my little, I'll have my three little ones here and they, uh, <laughs> you can help me corral them as we try to keep a, an eye on the game. I might scare them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look, uh, Quinterly is playing the best basketball of his life right now. Uh, in the, in the second round win over Maryland, just, uh, basically unstoppable scored 22, three steals, two rebounds, two assists, um, he also had 22 uh, points in the SEC tournament final over A&M. Um, and uh, he's just uh, he, he's playing just excellent basketball right now. And you throw in Brandon Miller, uh, Noah Clowney, Mark Sears. I mean, this is a this is a team that uh, has just so much talent and, and Betty Ako And, you know, it's uh, it's. Again, if they are playing their best, and I know this this sounds like a really obvious statement, but but what I'm trying to get at is if they're playing their best, they'll beat anyone. They have more potential than anyone in this tournament, and uh, it's my opinion. I mean, that's the reason why they're the number one overall seed, Um, and I have a sneaking suspicion uh, that they at some point – will face Houston. I, I think Alabama Houston are, are on, on a collision course. I, I, I had thought it was going to be Alabama was going to have to go through Tennessee. Obviously that's not the case now. Um, were you surprised by the way that, that Tennessee just sort of fell flat last night? Yes. And I was really surprised that Arkansas did. I mean, um, I don't think Arkansas was the better team, but uh, I don't, I certainly didn't see them just getting absolutely uh, canvas slammed, which is which is what happened. Um, then Tennessee, a team like that that relies so heavily on their defense, if they still got to make a few shots, you know, uh, but they didn't. And I, I will give Tennessee credit for getting to the Sweet 16 because many didn't have them there. But uh, also, you know, Ziegler's out. Their point guard wrecked his knee. And I think had be he been there in that lineup last night, they might be in the Elite Eight 
But that didn't happen. And advancing last night, K-State, the Owls of FAU, Gonzaga, and UConn. Coming up on the show today at bottom of the hour, we'll talk some UAB and some NCAA NIT with David Crane, the voice of the Blazers. Uh, he's a play-by-play announcer, and he's going to join us at 1230. And then your man uh, is Timmy, not the basketball player, is the other Timmy going to join us uh, in the second hour, Lars? Uh, that's uh, TBD, but I believe so. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll work on that. We'll take our first break of the afternoon and continue on because there are several other things that we want to talk about, including certainly continuing with the NCAA. But uh, maybe get a time to talk a little bit about Pro Day, which took place yesterday uh, at the football complex at the University of Alabama. Um, I read one report this morning, Lars, that uh, Steve Smith, I guess they're talking about Stephen A. Smith, said um, Bryce Young should be the first player selected. I have a feeling that's not going to happen. Simply because Stroud looks the part more, and I mean that. That's what it is. Looks more like an NFL quarterback than Bryce Bryce does physically, but I don't think in the long run, in 10 years, we'll be talking nearly as much about Stroud as we are Bryce Young. There you have it. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Have you? At 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny, warm, and breezy this afternoon. The high today, 82. Windy tonight. Thunderstorms arrive after midnight. Those storms could be severe. And tomorrow, rain ending early in the day. The sky becoming mostly sunny. The high at 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Thanks for dialing in Big News Sports. Many of you listening in the Tide area on 100.9, Tide 100.9. We appreciate that. And uh, in addition now, we have other platforms. We have Twitter, uh, an account at Big Noon Sports, and then BigNoonSports.com, where you can go. Just punch the Tide app, and good, you're listening to us anywhere in the world. Matt Coulter, along with Lars Anderson and Christian Miller. And Christian, uh, you spent the afternoon watching the Pro Day at the University of Alabama. I'm just going to kind of roll the floor in your direction and just uh, give us your general thoughts. Yeah, Matt, it was a really good time. I thought uh, all the guys performed well. I think all the attention was on Bryce. And, uh, you know, we finally got to see him throw. And he looked phenomenal out there. Um, had some, some really nice zip on the ball, some great accuracy. Uh, pretty much everything we expected. Um, you know, he, had, he demonstrated that poise and confidence. He had some really nice throws that, unfortunately, uh, receivers dropped. Um, but he's still just same old Bryce, just showing that poise and confidence, going on to the next throw, shaking the guy's hand, you know, next play mentality. Um, so it was really nice to see. Uh, but but overall, man, I think it's kind of exactly what we thought. You know, Bryce was going to prove himself. I thought physically he looked great. You could tell he put on some good weight. Uh, you know, he almost is starting to kind of take on more of that, that Russell Wilson kind of look now, you know, being a little more stout. Didn't didn't look as, uh, you know, narrow and narrow and um, thin. So I thought that was good. I think a lot of people probably, um, you know, enjoyed seeing that. I'm not sure how much he weighed. I didn't check in on that. But, yeah, other than that, it was kind of what you expected. All the guys pretty much, you know. You know, performed well, tested well, and uh, it was also kind of nice to see the underclassmen receivers out there that were 
um, you know, running routes for him. You know, I got to see Malik Benson, um, Brooks, and um, uh, Jermaine Burton as well. You know, I, I definitely feel like those guys are going to step up tremendously this year at the receiver position. Uh, there's a lot of speed out there, some good routes being ran by those guys. So I'm excited for that position as well, even though, you know, that's, those guys are going to be your next season. That was a little bit different, but we got a little sneak peek, a little preview with those guys. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my take on it. There were a couple of uh, players that have been removed from Alabama football for a while. I mean, I'm just curious how, how Fluker and Slade Bolden looked yesterday. Well, Fluker looked great. You know, physically, I mean, the guy, he's, he's, he's slimmed down, he's trimmed up. Um, he just looked massive, but was nice and cut up, looked very athletic. And he he was phenomenal, Matt, um, in the position work. I mean, and rightfully so. I mean, they were talking about a guy who spent um, – almost double-digit years in the NFL, who's um, always been a, a great football player, just trying to make a comeback after, I think, about two years. So he looked phenomenal out there. But another offensive line that looked good was uh, Steen, um, the left tackle uh, transfer from Vanderbilt. You know, he, he just looked so um, light on his feet, had great bend uh, doing some of those kind of pull drills, um, some nice punch. Um, but again, he just looks so smooth with his footwork and, and also had some nice punch to go along with it. He looks like he's going to translate well at the next level. Um, so those guys look good. And, and Slade Bolden as well uh, was running some nice crisp routes, um, looked fast, you know, was in good shape. Um, so I think he uh, has a chance to maybe get on a team uh, on a 90-man roster going into uh, OTAs. And if not, then probably sometime around training camp, I'm sure somebody um, we'll give him a shot because he, he definitely looked the part, and I think he uh, is definitely more than deserving um, at a shot in the National Football League. Christian, um, you know, I, I read just a bunch of reviews uh, this morning on, on Bryce Young and his performance, and uh, I, I know one uh, 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 reporter calculated that Bryce completed 44 or 50 uh, and there were a couple of drops by Jermaine Burton. Another ball hit the, uh, the, the roof of the practice facility. Yeah. Um, and I just I, I, what I heard over and over from scouts was uh, they're, they're t- just talking about Bryce's ability to process information and how that's just at, a, at another level. And, and I know that doesn't necessarily come out in a pro day, but can you just do like a, a deeper dive on what that really means of uh, the ability to, 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 to process what he's seeing on the field? Yeah, so you're not going to see that at pro day because that's typically what you're seeing against when you're playing against a, a live defense. Um, processing is when a quarterback is able to, uh, number one, pre-snap, he's reading the defense. He's able to um, figure out what coverage that they're playing. You know, obviously a lot of defenses disguise a lot of things, but um, good quarterbacks are able to kind of look at those disguises and kind of pick up on um, what they're getting. You know, and that's when they utilize, you know, pre-snap motions to see if they're playing man, if they're going to be in zone. So that's one step of it. The other step would be, you know, post-snap when he's going through his reads and his progressions. It's him being able to see, um, you know, looking at his first read if it's not there keeping his eyes downfield going to his next read you know being able to have that that pocket presence where he can elude um, and avoid that pressure but also be able to throw it hot when he needs to throw it hot being able to lead his receivers you know he just almost has great anticipation as well, right? You know, we see him um, almost kind of guide his receivers. If they're not open uh, originally, sometimes we'll see him throw them open. Um, it, it's basically taking into consideration all those things, right? You're being able to just to diagnose what's going on in the field and in real time, you know, do the, the uh, calculations and, and, and everything that he needs to do 
um, to make plays. And we see that time and time again with him. So that's what they say. When they say, you know, he's just an elite um, you know, decision maker and, and his processing um, is on another level. That's pretty much what they're describing. You know, he's able to see what the defense is in, what kind of coverages they're in, the pressures that he's getting, and he's able to adjust and adapt um, to be successful, to make the right throws, to get his guys in position to make plays. So that's pretty much what they mean by processing. You won't see that on pro day uh, per se, because again, there's no defense. They're just throwing on air. I mean, realistically, guys, I mean, pro day is really just to check boxes. I mean, at this point, I mean, you might wow some people with the, the Zach Wilson type throws and it might um, kind of just garner some buzz but realistically they're going to look at what kind, of, what kind of football player you are and what kind of potential you have um, and, and how your skill set is going to translate to the next level I mean I think it's a case where if Bryce Young was you know even two inches taller three inches taller I mean I think it'd be no debate he'd be the number one overall pick I mean after watching him yesterday I, I think there's no doubt he should be the number one overall pick um, but I'm with Matt kind of you know uh, with the size difference, you know, a guy like C.J. Stroud, that could tip uh, in, you know, tip it into his favor with him being the number one pick. But I think, um, you know, if, if if you know football and you understand football, you you realize that you just want guys that can make plays. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter your height, weight, as long as you can do the job. That's all that matters. And Coach Saban said it best. I mean, ask the guys he's played against the past couple of years in the SEC, which has the best football competition out there. You know, go ask those guys, you know, if, if, if his size or his weight, um, you know, affected his ability to make plays. And they'll tell you, absolutely not. You know, he's, he's one of the best quarterbacks they've, placed, they've faced, if not the best. And uh, I think he put that on display yesterday. And you, you alluded to it. Most of those incompletions were drops, um, specifically by Jermaine Burton. He, he had a couple of drops on some deep balls. And one of them did hit the net and try to, you know, really air it out. But... Um, besides that, all his, you know, short interme- intermediate throws were right on the money, you know, pinpoint accuracy, leading his guys perfectly, putting it right on their chest with some serious zip. Um, and the deep balls, again, just they they looked fine to me. Yeah, one or two of them uh, might have been his on him, um, but that's normal. You know, you're not going to have a, a perfect day. Um, so I, to me, I think he solidified that he should uh, be the number one pick, but it's really just a matter of, who the Panthers go with. I mean, they did have everybody from their council there, from the owner and his wife, the GM, assistant GM, um, vice president, you name it. So they had everybody um, on the field watching them, and they seemed to me like they were impressed. Christian, you know better than most that the NFL, there is like some politics involved, right? Absolutely. Um, (laughs) And so... How important are these dinners, right, that C.J. Stroud had with the, the Panthers brass, including the owner, mm-hmm. and and then, then Bryce did the same thing. How important are those dinners and uh, in, in for the owner to feel comfortable, like, okay, this is the guy I want to be the face of my franchise for the next 12, 14 years? Um. I can't really say um, because I don't really know how much emphasis they put on those dinners. Um, I will say, though, it's it's not uncommon to go to dinners, maybe not necessarily with that um, amount of staff included, um, including the owner like that. I mean, that probably obviously is a situation where you're talking about a number one pick or your first round pick. Um, but I mean, we held dinners um, as well for Pro Day and I, myself and probably four or five other guys were invited Um with the team and we just sit down i think we, we went to dinner with buffalo uh, the buffalo bills there's about four or five of us who went to chucks um sat down with with those guys um shared a meal talked ball talked you know about our upbringing just kind of getting to know one another 
And if I'm not mistaken, I don't think a single one of us ended up going to Buffalo. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't think it's, there's that much emphasis on it because these guys also are going to fly in probably to Charlotte for a top 30 visit. They'll meet some more. They'll do more board work. You know, they'll put you on this grand tour showing you all around. Like, I took a top 30 visit to Dallas. Um, so it's the same type of thing, and I ended up not getting drafted to Dallas. I know they like me a lot because once I was a free agent, um, they repeatedly reached out to my agent. So I think it does show a lot of interest. But in terms of, you know, does that mean, you know, they're, they're going to draft you? Absolutely not. I think it's just an opportunity for them to really get to know you on a little bit more personal level. You know, you're sharing a dinner, getting to know everybody, and then just kind of just catching up and learning about each other. And it, I guess it can kind of just help them understand if you're a good fit for them um, as a person um, as well as a football player. More basketball when we get back. <clears throat> David Crane, UAB play-by-play man, is going to join us as uh, the Blazers travel to Las Vegas. Do you hope they don't end up in the Luxor? Did you read that? Good grief. They're playing Utah Valley next Tuesday night. We'll talk with David on the other side of this break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers. Trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers. Who are resilient. And won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches. Athletic trainers and mentors. Who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Pride. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Anderson and joined now by UAB's play-by-play man, David Crane. David, uh, come back from Nashville, and uh, he'll soon be getting on a plane to go to Las Vegas. Uh, David, how you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, just went by the bank. Um, <laughs> a, little, a little withdrawal that hopefully I can deposit when I, when I get back in about a week. All right. Put uh, 20 on roulette green for blazer green. 
see what happens for me. Actually, I'm just kidding. Uh, that would be a <laughs> absolute doom. And everybody knows there's only two greens on the roulette wheel. So, hey, uh, I want to talk. Uh, we're going to talk about your advancement to the final four. But let's go back to Vandy real quick. And uh, that's a difficult place to play, period. But did Andy do anything different, uh, shoot more in, in some of the practices? Uh, how did they deal with that in addition to the Commodores? Uh, you know, I don't know if they did any more necessarily than than, than maybe what he has done with, with some of his other teams up there. He's, he's had some good success coaching um, in that building. And so, yeah, I, they went over – uh, we bust up on Tuesday, uh, and they went to the to the gym and shot for a little while, and then we had a a one hour uh, walk through on Wednesday that was also basically just an hour of shooting. So I, I think that was his biggest thing is you know just getting used to the the sight lines and and the depth perception because it is a very unique building. Um, and and he talked about it in the post game. Uh, he he felt like that the the, the typical Memorial Gym situation unfolded where uh, UAV was not very good um, offensively in the first half at the, at the far end of the court, and, and they were much better when, when he could uh, speak to them a, a little easier uh, in, in the second half. So, uh, you know, you, it's, it's a great old building. I, I love watching a game there. It's not my favorite to, to call a game from because you're basically looking at chins and, and knees all night long. <laughs> uh, but it's a, it, you know, it, it, it it's an old building that's got some character, and so that that makes it uh, makes it special. David, uh, the FAU team that just beat Tennessee last night to reach the Elite Eight, uh, UAB beat them once in the regular season, and very nearly beat them twice in the regular season. Seeing FAU's success, is there a sense of what might have been with this UAB team? Well, I think always um, if if you're the the preseason pick to win the league and you don't do it, you're going to play the the what if game a little bit. And I would imagine Andy Kennedy's done that to to some degree. At the same time, you you I guess it stings a little less if you don't win the the, the conference championship when the team that did is, is doing what FAU is doing. So um, it it was disappointing to to not win it. Um, but there, you know, there are there are a lot of things that go on in the, in the course of the season. Jordan Walker missing game uh, with an injury. You had a, a couple of guys that were out for a game that, that UAB actually won on the road. Um, but it, you know, it's a long season, and to do what Florida Atlantic did, I don't care what league you're in. The the way they ran through Conference USA was awfully impressive, and and they played a phenomenal game in the the championship of the Conference USA tournament. And so I think anybody that may have watched that game um, is not surprised at all to see what what Dusty May and, and his Owls have done in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, well, and you I'm need wondering. to yeah, you Sorry. need to make sure that you know, North Texas is in the uh, final four for NIT. So those are all Conference USA teams. Of course, UAB's moving on, but uh, what do we know about uh, Utah Valley? Um, their president. Uh, is a big cheerleader on the on the side of the court. Um, she she was in kind of full garb with pom poms all night long on on Wednesday when they knocked off Cincinnati. So I'm curious to see if that will continue in Vegas. Um, 
but they're from Orem, Utah. They're the Wolverines. They won the whack, and they're good. Uh, I, other than that, I, I don't know a lot of specifics. We were able to watch pretty much the second half of that game uh, on the bus coming back Wednesday night. So the you know the team is, is familiar, more familiar now with them than than they would have been probably otherwise. So it was good to see them uh, a little bit on television, and 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 you know. Motivation-wise, good to see them beat a, a, a good Cincinnati team. So, not a fluke that that they're uh, heading to Vegas. Um, and so, I, I would imagine Andy Kennedy has been uh, scouring the the web to find a, a lot of game film and footage to to show the guys the next or yesterday. Actually, I think they had yesterday off, but today, tomorrow, and then we will head out to Vegas on Sunday and, and play Tuesday night. So they got. You know, they've got plenty of time to prepare with, with the way coaches can put together video of opponents these days. Um, they, they've got plenty of time to, to get a scouting report together. But I, I think it is a good Wolverine team that UAB is going to be dealing with Tuesday night. David, how much fun has it been just having a, a front row seat to, to Jelly Walker this season? He's been amazing, and it's it's really two years' worth of it at, at this point. Uh, it was unfortunate that he missed some games this year. Um, and, and all the 30- and 40-point performances, performances that he has had the last couple of seasons, um, I would almost argue what he did Wednesday night was, was as impressive. He's, he's not shot the three well as of late, uh, and he really couldn't buy one on Wednesday night, and so he changed his game a little bit. He was more content to, to take 15-footers to try to get to the rim. So he scored, I think, 21, had 19 in the second half, and he only hit one three in the game. So it was great to see him adjust, um, and and it was good to see him see a shot go through the net. And, and once he knocked down one or two early in the second half, you could kind of see the, the juices start flowing with him. But he's been a treat. Anybody that can, can shoot it like that, uh, you, you never know what you're going to get on a night-to-night basis. So it's always always fun to see what happens. Yeah, David, I lived in uh, New York for a long time, and I, my first book I wrote was on pickup basketball, and I spent a lot of time on the, the, the different pickup courts around New York. And, and, and Jelly just reminds me of a great pickup player, uh, a great New York City pickup player, just his style, and it's so much fun to watch. Like, Does – he remind you of anybody else? Is there a comp to, to Jelly that comes to your mind? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he's he is he's not the biggest guy in the world. Um, he's strong, and I think he's gotten stronger this year, and I think that helped him. Last year, uh, a little contact uh, from the opposing guard or the opposing defender really kind of threw him off a little bit. I, I think he's a little stronger this year. And able to absorb a little more contact and, and finish, and that was something again we saw on on Wednesday night. But you're exactly right. I mean, he he is he's a New Yorker. Uh, he's got a wonderful attitude, a great swagger about him, and and you know as much fun as Las Vegas is, I do hate that we are not going to to New York City and Madison Square Garden for the Final Four yeah, really. this year. I, I think you know with. Put, you turn jelly loose at Madison Square Garden, and, and goodness knows what would have happened. <laughs> yeah, it's the greatest arena on the on the planet, and uh, you know I hate that too. Although you got to be careful when you go to Vegas. I don't know, David. Did you read the story about UConn staying at the Luxor 
and their rooms were full. They were disgusting, and they had to move. They had, like, dirt, and they vomit and more kind of stuff. So you're not staying at the Luxor in um, in Vegas, are you? I, I, I don't believe so. Um, I, I know we're playing at the Orleans Arena. I'm, I'm guessing we're staying at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Um, that would make sense. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm shocked that, that something wasn't absolutely spotless and, and pristine in, in Las Vegas. <laughs> well, what is it? You got to watch which side of the road you walk on down the strip. And I only know that because somebody told me. All right, David, have a safe trip. Tell Andy Kennedy that Big Noon Sports is sending our best wishes with y'all. And um, we'll talk to you when you get back. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, it's pretty cool that uh, there's a chance. Uh, what is the old saying that there are only three basketball teams in the college ranks that end up with a win? And I guess it's the, do they still play that C, B, something? Little tournament below the NIT, and then there's the NIT, and then there's the NCAA. But uh, I think there's a pretty good chance that uh, two teams from Alabama could win their very, very last game. You, I, I, UAB is in position to do that, don't you think? Of course, so is Alabama. I, no, I, I do. And, and by the way, I've stayed at the Luxor before, and it's uh, it's kind of a rundown place. It's not the it's not the nicest hotel in the world. I'm surprised that they would uh, put a, a, a team in there. Um, but yeah, no, it just uh, reminds me of uh, some really horrific hotel experiences I've had over the years. And um, I don't know, we could do a whole segment on the grossest things I've seen in hotels. Uh, let's put that for uh, let's put that one on hold because <laughs> I've uh, yeah I've, I've had my share too, especially when you're doing arena football. Whoa! Yeah. It's uh, never fun to leave a hotel with an itch. Uh. Okay, that's about enough of that. Uh, yes, sir. Show continues in a moment. Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers. Trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers. Who are resilient. And won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches. Athletic trainers and mentors. Who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. I studied 
The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny, warm, and breezy this afternoon. The high today, 82. Windy tonight. Thunderstorms arrive after midnight. Those storms could be severe. And tomorrow, rain ending early in the day. The sky becoming mostly sunny. The high at 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Ten Sports. Dan is in the night. He's back running the board, producing and trying to juggle several balls as we speak now. Uh, we do take phone calls, and we can do that as uh, Brando is going to join us at one fifteen. so we can take phone calls right now. If you'd like to join us at 205-342-9904. And again, website, bignoonsports.com, Twitter, at Big Noon Sports. Christian Miller was at Alabama's football practice facility yesterday, and he was watching the pro day. Christian, uh, I know you don't don't get starstruck or you may not pay attention, but did you see people you knew uh, of uh, influence or of significance yesterday when you were watching Pro Day? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the the area scouts are always the same. So the scouts um, that were at Pro Day were the same ones that were there um, when I when I did Pro Day, uh, the same ones that were there (laughs) in, uh, you know, 2014 and 15 when I attended Pro Day. Um, when I was still in school. So, yeah, I mean, I got to see all those guys, and it's always good to catch up with those people. Jim Nagy, um, you know, who runs a senior bowl, a good friend of mine was there, got to catch up with him. Um, and, you know, various NFL personnel um, was there, Mike Tomlin, um, you know, the, the Dolphins head coach. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, various G- – yeah, McDaniels, excuse me, Mike McDaniels, you know, he was there. Um, you know, just various NFL GMs and, and head coaches. Um, you know, all 32 teams uh, had representatives there in some um, way or fashion. So it's Alabama. It's what you expect. Uh, but yeah, good to, good to catch up with a lot of uh, you know guys that I know. Steve Smith, uh, former Panthers receiver, was there working with NFL Network. Um, but yeah, there's there's a, a long list of people there to to watch the guys uh, participate participate in pro day. Christian, I, I think Jamar Gibbs is going to have Jameer Gibbs is going to have an amazing NFL career. Um, Absolutely. What what uh, what were your thoughts on what you saw from him yesterday, and 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 what role do you see him playing in the NFL? Oh, he looked uh, amazing. You know, so he's just so fast, so quick, um, so agile, and he's just very fluid and smooth. You know, he he just moves so gracefully. Um, and I, I think he performed well. Um, kind of reminds me of Alvin Kamara, a very dynamic player. Can put him all over, um, create mismatches um, in the passing game. 
um, can get in and out of holes, get in and out of his breaks, just, you know, make those cuts, make guys miss. Um, he's just a very dynamic football player. And I think, you know, a lot of people were very impressed with him yesterday. Another guy, uh, Cam Latu, looked phenomenal out there. Ran really well with his 40. He told me he ran in the four fives, which is outstanding for him. Um, you know, his routes were so smooth, so crisp. Um, I don't think he had any drops um, when he was running his routes. And uh, just looked very fluid. And I think a lot of people were impressed as well. So I think those two guys definitely shined um, on the offensive side of the ball. I, I left a little early. I didn't get to see the defensive line. But from what I heard, Byron Young and DJ Dale performed well. Obviously, Will Anderson didn't do anything. Um, you know, he, he did pretty much everything at the combine. So he's going to sit on that, uh, which I don't blame him. Um, and the DVs also look solid. Um, you know, they, they, they did really well in their position work. Um, pretty much what you expect of me. I think Brian Branch is one of those guys that a lot of people had their eyes on. But also Eli Ricks, um, you know, very long, lengthy guy um, for that position. Uh, a little stiff, you know, just because, you know, sometimes taller guys have a hard time being a little, you know, more bendy and, and able to kind of be as fluid. Um, so, I mean, that'd be my one thing I'd maybe say he could work on is just being a little more flexible and fluid. Um, but other than that, you know, everybody really just had solid days. Christian, bold question. Who would win in a 40? Bryce Young, Will Anderson Jr., or Christian Miller? I have no clue, honestly. Um, it's a joke. Yeah, I was about, well, I, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, it's, it's a valid question. You know, Bryce didn't run one. He said he would if, he, if, if a team asked him to in private. Uh, I think Will ran around the four six range which that's what i was running um i mean i've been timed at like a high four nine before so excuse me high four five nine ish area so i mean i don't know great question though i mean i think it'd be pretty close <laughs> i think i think i'm taking christian in that one my money's on christian um christian i i want to stick with eli ricks for a second um it, it seems like he has an immense amount of talent obviously he uh did, going pro after one season at alabama um and he's, he's confident and he seems to have you know the, the size that uh that defensive coordinators are really looking for now and you said he looked a, a little stiff but how do how do you think he projects into the nfl like is, is he a day one Starter, or uh, does he still need some refinement? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, well, I can't really speak for anybody, honestly, because there's guys that aren't projected to be starters, and they end up getting out there and they prove a lot of people wrong. Then there's on the you know vice versa. There's guys that people think are plug and play guys, and then you find out they need to develop. If it's my personal assessment, um, here's my thing. I mean, he has limited experience in college. Um, which is fine, but if you're saying then you expect him to just go step in right away in the National Football League, I mean, I think that's a little bit of a long shot, um, but it's not impossible. If I had to guess, I think he's more of a guy um, you draft off potential because, um, again, we're talking about a guy who's like six two and a half, very lengthy, he's long. Um, he can run well. He, he, I don't know what he got timed in his 40, but he was moving. He was running very fast. His vert, at least, I think I've heard them shout 35 which is a great um, number for him. Um, again, I think just the lack of experience over the past couple of seasons um, might, you know, make him project more as a guy that you, you might need to, you know, let develop a little bit. That's completely fine. Um, I, I think the biggest thing with him is just kind of being a little more fluid. That way he can 
um, you know, just transition a little bit more and, and uh, have a little bit better, uh, you know, change of direction. Because, again, these receivers in the NFL, I mean, all they need is just the slightest amount of separation um, to, to complete a pass. So I, I think he's going to end up having a really good career. I think he just might need to develop a little bit. Uh, but, you know, he, he looked great yesterday. He tested well. And uh, I think a lot of teams, uh, he caught a lot of teams' eyes uh, with what he did on the field yesterday. Is there somebody out there that uh, maybe have opened their eyes and, and really, really uh, had their stock rise in the NFL draft? Just off yesterday? Yeah. Maybe Anthony Steen, uh, just because, uh, is it? yeah, Tyler Steen, excuse me. Tyler Steen, uh, the offensive lineman, left tackle. Um, you know, I know a lot of people have kind of slowly been talking about him, um, but just seeing him move yesterday again, he's very fluid, very athletic for his size. He's a big guy, but he's very athletic. His footwork looked great, but again, even with the bags, he just had uh, some nice punch. He's very physical with the bags. Um, so I think he saw his stock rise yesterday. I think a lot of people are now looking at him and saying, hey, we can we can get this guy and he can help contribute at, at left tackle for us. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. I stuck. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. To Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Gorgeous afternoon in the state of Alabama. And we go east to west, north to south. You can listen to us online at our website, bignoonsports.com. Also, uh, you can uh, feed us on Twitter. Too. So yeah. we're, we're going to move on. I think uh, it's, uh, it's the way to, way to go. And and um, you know, Christian, we, we we haven't had a chance really to get your opinion. I don't know if you you've had time to kind of look at the uh, at Alabama's game tonight. 
against San Diego State. Just, you know I'm uh, bad with basketball. <laughs> Don't even put me on the spot. I, I'll be honest. Well, I haven't even watched San Diego State. And you know defense. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I, I, I can tell you I know Alabama defense. I know Alabama basketball. I'm sorry. I, I interrupt both of you. No, no, you're fine. I just was saying, I, I'll be honest. I haven't had a chance to even watch San Diego State. I, I, I'm just fully confident in Alabama basketball. I don't even feel the need to really look at these other teams. I guess it'd be fun to kind of, you know, maybe scout them a little bit. But it's just it's just different than football. If it's football, man, I'll scout them and I'll, I'll kind of, you know, diagnose what I'm seeing from them and then what I can expect going into a game. But basketball, I just, I just don't know if I know it well enough. In my head, it's just like, hey, play good defense. You know, protect the basketball, don't turn it over, make shots, and you'll win the game. <laughs> That's kind of how I sum basketball up. And I just, I fully believe when Alabama's firing on all cylinders and they're they're playing that that stellar defense that we're, we're used to seeing from them, and they're making their shots, um, and they're careful with the basketball, I, I feel like, I mean, they're as good as anyone in the country. And I, I mean, and I hate to go as far as saying this, but I think they ultimately win it all. I will say, though, I mean, Gonzaga, they, they did come up short against them earlier in the year. Um, that's kind of who I would be a little worried about just because I remember watching that game. Is, is it is it Tim, Timmy, or what was the guy's name? Drew Timmy. Yeah. yeah. I don't man. Best, best player in the nation. Yeah, that guy right is now, good, is. man. Yeah, he's real good. He had 36 and 13 last night. Yeah, that, that's that's who I'm kind of concerned about, I'll be honest. That's, that's about all I can give you, Lars, on this is I, I think Alabama, as long as they're playing the way we're used to seeing them play. I think they have a great chance to win it all. My only concern right now would be, I think, Gonzaga uh, and, and, and Timmy. Yeah. Timmy, just he was phenomenal last night. Um, it was the single best individual performance of the tournament so far. And, um, you know, Matt, his, he's so fun to watch because – uh, he, his footwork is just amazing, right? And, and he, he does all the little things correct. And even when you try to push him out and, uh, and, and, and force him to take a three, he can bury the three. He can make just in, incredible moves with his back to the basket. He can, uh, he can charge to the basket. Uh, he can make the mid-range jumper. And he's the he's the heart and soul of, of that team, and I, I really did find it interesting that um, that the, the 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 final the main play at the at the end there when Gonzaga uh, their guard hit about a you know twenty eight footer that it was drawn up by the by the coach not for Timmy right but for this other kid. And uh, boy, what confidence he showed in him! And, and and they said that they practice that all the time. And in practice, he usually hits that shot. And just uh, it was it was a coaching masterpiece, I thought, at the end by Mark Few. Lars, can I can I ask you who would you compare him to? And I was just reading up on him, and for some reason, a lot of scouts don't really have him projected as a first round pick for whatever reason um, in the NBA draft, yeah. but. Who, I mean, is there like a, a player comp that you feel um, would be accurate for him on who he could potentially translate, you know, with his skills translate into the next level, who he reminds you of? That's a that's a really good question. Um, you know, he he might be he might be one of these guys who is just a really really good college player that maybe will be able to uh, sort of eke out a a ten year NBA career but never be a starter. Um, you know, when he's got his, I don't know, Matt, I, he, he's such a unique player. I, I, I can, 
it's it's tough. Like part of me says Kevin McHale, but that I mean that's going way back um, uh, with the Celtics. But I don't know, Matt. Is, 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 is does a comp come to your mind? Well, one does immediately, and that's Adam Morrison, who played yeah. for Gonzaga just a few years ago. And he his NBA career was pretty short-lived as well. But he was a great, fantastic college player. I will cite the broadcast crew from last night when they were talking about Drew Timmy. They were talking, and you were, you were speaking to this just a minute ago, Lars, how fundamentally sound he is. His feet positioning, the way he blocks out, his form, his shooting, all fundamentally sound. And they drew comparisons to Tim Duncan. Who, if you'll remember, Duncan out of Wake Forest and then to San Antonio, where I don't know, he, what did he win? Four NBA titles, something like that. But they called him Mr. Fundamental. And the announcers referred to as talking about Timmy to Tim Duncan, who's one of the best basketball players we've ever seen and actually excelled and flourished more at the NBA level than he did at the college level. So there's my little. Uh, uh, little speech on on timmy because i don't think he's probably i i hope he's a great nba player i don't see it i agree but to to piggyback on what christian was saying earlier about how gonzaga said they look like a dangerous team and, and that goes all the way back to when they played alabama earlier this season the fact that they won last night after being down so much in the second half and UCLA rallying and taking the lead late and then coming back again and just hitting key shot after key shot. Although they did miss way too many free throws to keep UCLA in that game. But the point is, is that they survived a game that they probably should have lost. And it seems like when you go on to win an NCAA championship, you have one of those along yep. in, the, in the six, right? And I'm wondering if, when is Alabama, is that going to happen to Alabama, right, at some point? Like, I think it will. I don't necessarily think it'll be tonight, um, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I just, I think what transpired late last night is going to propel Gonzaga moving forward. And 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 Matt, you noted that that they got to play a really good UConn team uh, in the, in the next round to get to the Final Four. And, um, you know, a lot of smart basketball people will now believe that UConn is actually the team to beat uh, based on how they have played the first three games of the tournament. But I, I just I, I, I love Gonzaga. They're, they're fun to watch. Uh, I do, too. But you got to wonder how much they burned up last night against UCLA. And UConn has literally been cruising to the Elite Eight. So there you have that. Huskies and Gonzaga will be an outstanding basketball game. When we get back, we'll talk about basketball, we'll talk about music, we'll talk about Willis Reed and more with Tim Brando on Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. 
The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Recue that song. Uh, it's one of my favorites as a DJ back in the day. But uh, we'll get Brando on here in a minute. You know what he's doing, don't you, Lars? He's playing golf. Yeah, he 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 lives on the golf course. That's why he couldn't come on yesterday. Oh. Uh, well, he um, I, I love uh, his Twitter posts that he uh, he he he's a he's a southpaw and uh, he posts a lot of his golf golf game on, on on twitter and uh he's got a nice swing um yeah he's gotten a lot better i can remember uh 20 25 years ago playing in uh, some kind of pro-am or something and um he i think he's gotten a lot better over the years i think i'm pretty sure we've talked about this before but i think he um hit stan white the former auburn quarterback in the back of the head with a golf ball <laughs> and uh when they were all playing in the same group and um Bo Jackson went over and just grabbed somebody's golf cart and threw a towel around Stan White's head. And this was the Brunos or the Regions uh, Golf, the Seniors uh, Champions Tour. And he wrapped a towel around Stan White's head and just he drove right through the crowd, the gallery, the patrons, to get Stan to a hospital. And um, he had to have several stitches. And uh, Stan later said, yeah, it knocked me pretty goofy. But uh, Bo to the rescue. <laughs> yeah, that was back in uh, 2007, and uh, yeah, and, and, according to eyewitnesses, according to eyewitnesses, Stan was autographing a football about 50 yards from the tee box when um, Tim Brando's uh, tee shot uh, hit hit Stan right behind one of his ears. Yeah, <laughs> and it was uh, it was uh, Bo Jackson drove him to him, grabbed him. Uh, drove him to the clubhouse, and he was given a, a few stitches. Um, he wanted Stan wanted to return to the course, but he had to go to the hospital. But hey, all all ended well. Stan Stan was okay, and um, 
<laughs> that's the that's the hazard of uh, when you're you know playing in a, a charity classic pro am. These this is the am part of it, right? <laughs> have you ever uh, have you ever had one of those moments when you're playing in one of those and there are actually people watching you hit your tee ball only because you've got somebody like Jim Thorpe in your group or something like that? You ever? Uh, in that, I remember one time I uh, I was playing in the Lewis Gazard. Actually, this is a Charlie Boswell thing out at River Chase, and this was in the 80s. But this tournament drew us see Gerald Ford, Bob Knight, um, George Lindsay, Goober, um, and oh, the celebrity list was incredible. Bob Hope. That's when I got to interview wow. Bob Hope. Um, but I was in one of the groups, not one of the featured groups, but there were still people lying in the fairway. And never in my life had I had anybody watch my T-ball. They, I've never, other than three other people, I've never, nobody's ever watched me play golf. It was quite intimidating. Um, I was just hoping to hit the ball. And um, fortunately, I, I, I didn't hit it cleanly. But I got my driver, and of course, you know what, Lars? There's water on the first tee. So, I mean, there's so many things that I was psyching myself out in my head. I, said, I almost pulled out a seven iron just so I could get over the water. But um, I kind of hooked my driver, and it went kind of up into the gallery, but it was not a terrible shot. And and then people started clapping. People just clapped for Matt Coulter, a 28 <laughs> handicaps golf shot. Um, and then they dissipated to go watch Louis Grizzard, who's hysterical and died 29 years ago today. Yeah. Um, so how was so Gerald Ford was in the in the tournament? Uh, yeah, uh, he was not. He was, um, you know, he wasn't present. Uh, right. Uh, no, I think I think you could make the argument though that. The greatest athlete ever to ascend to the U.S. presidency was Gerald Ford. Even though he used to fall down the stairs getting off the plane, off Air Force <laughs> yes. One. I know that. That's uh, yeah. I know that 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 he was lampooned for that for years on Saturday Night Live. But yeah, he was an All American at Michigan, wasn't he? All American at Michigan. Uh, I know in golf he was about a, a 15, 16 handicap. Um. Yeah. No. Is uh. Yeah. It was Chevy Chase, uh, who always at on Saturday Night Live, um, uh, like was always portrayed him in uh, for his clumsiness, right? But really, I I think you could, like I said, he he was a two way player at Michigan, a center and a linebacker in the nineteen thirties. Um, but um, yeah, that was a long time ago. Uh, but but no, I, I I played in a couple of those tournaments, and uh, it is very very difficult to hit it off the tee box when there are people around watching you. It's a completely different dynamic than when you're just out with your buddies. I mean, it, it is uh, it, 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 it it's amazing just how tight you get, and uh, <laughs> so, so tight. Yeah. I needed a drink, you know. Yeah. I said I should go back to the clubhouse. Maybe it'll help me a little bit. But um, <laughs> it was uh, that was a great event. It raised a whole lot of money for uh, just a wonderful man in, in Charlie Boswell. But um, man, that tournament 
drew a whole lot of people, many of which I avoided hitting. And uh, that's that's one of my prouder moments in all of sports is that I didn't kill somebody with a uh, with what a Brando like tee shot. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's uh, just a discussion as we continue to try and see if we uh, can apparently get Timmy when, on. Apparently, when uh, you know with Tiger, right? They always scream, uh, you know, get in the hole, right? When he uh, <laughs> teased off. And uh, apparently at a couple different events, uh, post-presidency for Ford, um, uh, fans would yell, look out for Watergate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's pretty funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, now, hey, speaking that, that, of golf, this is the kind of information we bring you. Big absolutely, and and this is the kind of information which many of you may have seen online earlier today. You may have been watching at the time, but uh, have you seen the tee shot on eighteen, the WGC match play in Austin that Roy McIlroy hit yesterday? Unbelievable! Yeah, just crushed. Three hundred and seventy-four yard par four. Three feet from the pin. Yeah. Uh, the announcers said that uh, they were claiming it's the best tee shot in the history of golf. Uh, it it was incredible. I mean, he almost got a one on a four. What is that? An albatross? Uh, it's a double eagle. Double right? eagle. So if you ace a five, that's an albatross. Is I'm right? not even sure. There's is it possible to get an A's on five? I suppose, depending on the golf course. Um, hey, I want to toss this at you before we get to the bottom of the hour. We'll try to reestablish with Tim. There is much talk ab- about restricted flight golf balls. And oddly enough, this is on tour. This is for elite players. But Rory McIlroy... Absolutely. He was in favor of that. What does Lars Anderson think? Get two on the other side. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. 
Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny, warm, and breezy this afternoon. The high today, 82. Windy tonight. Thunderstorms arrive after midnight. Those storms could be severe. And tomorrow, rain ending early in the day. The sky becoming mostly sunny. The high at 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 78 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Matt, absolutely, I remember that little dancing in the moonlight. Yes, no Got question. It. How are you? Good, man. How's your golf game? Well, it's pretty good. I'm playing. That's first and foremost, right? So <laughs> happy to be playing. That's always a good thing. And uh, I'll get back out there. Well, the weather probably will stymie us tomorrow. But I've uh, let's see, three rounds. Uh, 86, 82, 85. I'm good. All nice. is right with the world. Yeah. Hey, we swapped tweets last night. I want to give you an opportunity to talk about a, a, a true class gentleman that we lost early in the week. Tell us what Tim Brando thought, thinks when I say Willis Reed. Oh, man. Just uh, legendary. Bigger than life. Uh, Nineteen seventy. Game seven at Madison Square Garden. And it was the new Madison Square Garden. It was just reconstructed at that time. It was also the year that Pistol Pete played against Dean the Dream Meminger uh, in the Sweet 16 of the NIT, in the quarterfinal round of the NIT. Um, I'll never forget being in my, my room as a 14-year-old kid. I had my first cassette recorder, and I'm watching Jack Twyman and uh, Chris Jenkel all game seven of the series with the Lakers. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, I was rooting for the Lakers, even though Willis was from Grambling. Uh, I loved Chamberlain. I loved West. And I loved Gail Goodrich and those guys. And they always lost to the Celtics at that time. So I was hoping they'd win. They, it took two more years for them to to, to win the world title. But, um, I mean, when he walked out there on a leg and a half, and people forget he only made the four points, but they were the first four points. And it just emotionally, uh, you know, stimulated the garden at that point. And if, you know, you, to, to grow up and to be able to call games at the garden, both in the NBA as well as in college, meaningful games, uh, it resonated with me for a long, long time. And he was a genuine article, really, really nice man, uh, very humble, uh, even though he had so much to be, arrogant about he was a humble human being so uh i know he was 80 years old which is a full life to many but gone too soon for people like us matt tim i i I just want to stick with this for one second um what's it like to call a game at the garden and i may have asked you this before but what do you have a favorite say two or three venues that you enjoy visiting the most Oh, gosh, yeah. 
bucket list for basketball are every bit as important to me as bucket list for for football, uh, Lars. I, I I'll never forget the first time I went into the first time I went into Madison Square Garden to call a game. Uh, it was, uh, I mean, I it was like my hairs on the back of my neck stood up, you know, and in there, and this was during a period in the '80s when I. You know, we weren't that far removed from moments, in my mind anyway, like Maravich and Dean the Dream uh, in the NIT or like uh, Willis Reed in 1970, mid-80s, and you're doing games in the Big East Conference that, you know, a lot of people are watching. And to do a game there was just a, a thrill. You know, fast forward a few years, I had never done a game, and this was also in the 80s, I, I had never done a game at Boston Garden uh, when the Celtics were actually playing. I actually did, Rick Patino coached a Providence game against Boston College after they had beaten Georgetown in a game at Providence that I had in 87. And they were playing at uh, the, the Boston Garden. And I, I was thrilled to be in Boston Garden for the first time. But I'd never done a Celtics, a Celtics game there, which is different. And when I was doing the Hawks in the uh, mid-90s, 95, 96, I got to do games. Uh, before they closed Boston Garden, in, involving the Celtics and 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 the Hawks, and the first one I did, Dominique Wilkins was still playing, and you know one of the human highlight films of all time, and uh, walking into venerable Boston Garden and seeing some of the rats and the <laughs> there were some rats that was true that they existed as you were walking through the bowels of Boston Garden to get up to the floor level where the cargo area was and the teams, the visiting teams would unload their buses. Uh, <laughs> that was incredible. And and I remember going out on the court with Mike Glenn, who was working with me, the singer who played at Southern Illinois. He was my analyst for the Hawks back in those days. He would be like, Timmy, Timmy, you need to come here. I want to show you this. He grabbed a basketball and he showed me where the dead spots were on the floor, where the basketball would not bounce up as, as it properly should. And they never got rid of those. People complained. I mean, everybody, every opposing team complained about Boston Garden, and they did so for reasons, but nothing ever changed. Uh, that was another one. And then the, the forum in Inglewood. Uh, and I happened to do a game with the Lakers and the Hawks right when Magic Johnson was making his comeback uh, from what he had gone through medically that we all remember, okay, when that announcement was made. Well, if you recall, he had that period of time where he coached a little. That didn't work out. Then after he thought he had gotten uh, all of the issues taken care of medically, that he would be safe enough to play. Uh, he came back to play a good bit. And uh, I was there for one of those games and broadcasting not far from where Chick Hearn was doing the Lakers. And, you know, those things always stay with me. Tim, what are your um, just big picture thoughts on the NCAA tournament and uh, especially what we saw last night? Just some terrific <laughs> basketball. Well, my outlier, the team in my uh, the team that I felt at least I mean, listen, my my 68-team bracket, whatever you want to call it, was a disaster, <laughs> like so many others. Uh, I had a, a, a Matt. You'll love this. I put out a. Uh, a tweet about revising my five-day forecast like these meteorologists get away with. <laughs> yeah. you know, nobody ever questions 
No, nobody ever questions the Doppler radar when they change the five-day forecast. Well, we don't get that luxury. <laughs> you know, once we screw up, uh, we get called out and we have to live with it. But I, I felt when I looked at the 16 teams that Kansas State was a, a team that no one knows very much about uh, nationally, and that would be the case if they were a nine seed instead of a three seed. You know, I mean, they beat a seven seed Michigan State, and I guarantee you more people knew who Michigan State's players were than knew who K-State's players were last night. I thought that Marquise Casey Noel was going to be the difference in the game, and he was. The kid is magical. He's And at this time of year, you've got to have outstanding guard play. And he's the most prolific true point guard I've seen in a long, long while. And he willed his team to that win. But he had help. I mean, Keontae Johnson's a great talent. Uh, they reminded me of Stockton to Malone there for a period of time. And that, 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 that alley-oop reverse dunk to get the four-point lead late uh, will be relived by a lot of people for a long time. I did feel that UCLA defensively could clamp down and take care of Gonzaga, and they lost the 13-point lead. That will be a whale of a final with UConn and the Zags again, uh, and that will bring back some memories to a lot of people, both at Connecticut and and. Uh, and Gonzaga, uh, I think that the you know, the team that that it may, it may take ninety to hundred points to win that game because both teams have such artillery from an offensive standpoint. Uh, as for tonight, I think we're going to get more of the same. I'm really looking forward uh, to the two games in the other region outside of Alabama. I I think Xavier in Texas is just going to be outstanding, and I do think Miami will give Houston a hard time. Uh, Isaiah Wong is a really good player. I do think Stasser has had more time to get well. I thought he played himself back into pretty good shape last week. Now with five days off, if, if Houston's going to lose, I think it would be on a one-day uh, turnaround after this game. I think Xavier will beat Texas uh, tonight. I do. and uh, But, geez, uh, it, it's just been astounding. Uh, best tournament from the first to second round and into the Sweet 16 thus far. Uh, that we've seen probably in years, and certainly the television ratings reflect that. Tim, I'm going to take a TV timeout because i got to dive back into what you were talking about and the relationship between sports and weather uh, during television, <laughs> television newscasts. Do you remember yeah. when Chris, Chris Berman was uh, awarded the uh, Broadcasting Association Sportscaster of the, of the Year, and he got to the podium, and as he was accepting the award, he yelled, Take it out of weather. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. yeah I do. For those that don't know, if you're a sportscaster, you work your butt off for five hours, put together four and a half minutes. Then a thunderstorm <laughs> approaches. And I understand and appreciate what weather. And, yeah. and you do need to put your focus on that. But guess where they took it out of? Not out of news. Not out of no. the kicker. They always took the time out of sports. Well, I think local television, in many respects, has gone to hell in a handbasket. That's Absolutely. another subject for another day. I mean, it's like a news magazine show now. It's not really, oh, here's some helpful hints for what happens when the tornadoes <laughs> come through. Like, we haven't heard that before, you know. Uh, but the bottom line is, you're not getting, I, I tell young people coming up into sports broadcasting today, that doing local news may not be the direction you want to go. Uh, you might want to look into webcasting. You might want to look into uh, other ways 
of, of getting your feet wet and, and sportscasting without doing local TV. That used to be the way we had to do it, coming through radio and local television. I don't know that that's necessarily any longer the way to go. Uh, Boomer was just speaking for all of us that had to do local <laughs> TV. I'm so glad that I did not have to go back to local TV after I left uh, Baton Rouge in 86. Uh, you know what, Lars, when you asked me that question about tonight, I didn't even mention Alabama, uh, and I should have, obviously. It would appear to me that the bracket is wide open for them. I, th- I think that, uh, but look this, uh, you know, the, the coach they're going up against tonight is a tremendous defensive coach. Uh, Brian Dutcher has been around a long time. I knew him when he was an assistant and coming up through uh, Steve Fisher at Michigan, but also his dad, Jim Dutcher, longtime coach at Minnesota, had uh, tremendous success while he was there. He grew up on the game. I mean, he is wise beyond his years, and he's been at it for a long, long time. They've got some players that can score, but their quest is, is always defense. They want to turn the game into a rock fight. And the question for me will be, does Alabama handle the new stage? This is a bigger stage. The Sweet 16 is a far bigger stage than the first two rounds. And if Brandon Miller is not making shots early, if suddenly the iron is unkind, how do the rest of the tide roll? Because they've got other players. We all know who they are, and they're really good. But they all look to Miller to set the tone. And uh, the new stage is going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, If you see those eyes getting a little larger on the floor, it'll be because Alabama has been – Maybe get grown a little uncomfortable in this new setting because it is a new setting. So right now, Timmy, uh, who do you like to win it all? Well, I you know I'm looking at Houston and Alabama in the final. I think Sasser is back. I think they'll be able to handle Miami and then get through against Xavier. I think Xavier will beat Texas tonight. Uh, Xavier will offer a very strong. Uh, a very strong offensive effort to outscore Houston, but their defense is not as good as, uh, as the Cougs. I think Houston will come through, and of the two left in the other region where I was thinking UCLA might make it, you know, I'm looking at UConn now as the team be- to get there uh, to make it to the Final Four. And then, you know, on the other side, I think Kansas State's going to be the outlier that makes it. I like K-State to handle FAU. I would have picked them against Tennessee if Tennessee had held on last night. Uh, I, I really do think that that team has something magical with uh, Marquise Noel. He's he's just off wow. the charts. A little kid from Harlem playing for the team from Mini Manhattan has taken over Madison Square Garden. And, and on the other side, I think Alabama is going to come through. So those are the four. And I'm going to take Houston and Alabama advancing to the championship with the Cougars winning it all. It'll be a tough matchup, as we saw earlier this year in Houston. So uh, we'll see. Um, I I am concerned, I think, like you are, Timmy, uh, about San Diego State. The Aztecs play defense, and they particularly play defense on the perimeter. And if Alabama's not shooting it. Yeah, and the Bradley kid can score. Inside. What now? Uh, the Bradley kid for them can really score. You got to keep an eye on him through the course of that game. All right. We'll go tee it up or uh, wait till it rains <laughs> tomorrow and then tee it up then. And uh, we'll do some more music trivia next time we speak. Timmy, we yeah, always appreciate and- your time so very much. 
you got it. You guys batting down the hatches. It's supposed to be coming through here mid-afternoon, and hopefully it hopscotches around and everybody can stay safe in the uh, in the Gulf South. Okay. Indeed. Thanks, Thanks Timmy. Timmy, really appreciate your time as always. Great stuff. Really appreciate it. Thank you, fellas. Bye bye. Bye. Wow. Uh, I was just taking a look at, at a uh, moment from the women's NIT game. And when we get back, it's, it's a video piece, but it is unbelievably disturbing. We'll be right back on Big News Sports. <laughs> 